funny how Sandoval is trying to get everyone to care about his mental health when he used Ariana's history of depression as an excuse to have an affair. LVP really holds the girls to a different standard, and it gives me the ick. If he really believed everyone wanted him to just go away, wouldn't he have, oh, I don't know, not toured the country eating mushrooms and performing karaoke songs, referencing the people he hurt? I can't with Schwartz and his act of having nothing to do of why the group pushed him out. Rachel confirmed that he knew about the affair and his apartment was their safe space. Never liked this man. There are so many hot takes about this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, and we are here to break them all down and, as always, give a few of our own. We are going to dive into all the best moments, including the ones that ignited these tweets. Um, before we do, make sure you guys are subscribed so you don't miss any Bravo breaking news. So we got a lot with this episode, but I think we should start with this scene at Villa Rosa. We have Lisa Vanderpump calling Sheena and Lala to come sit down with her because she wants to talk to them about Sandoval. We have Sheena and Lala arriving in Sheena's Nissan, which kind of was a weird thing to see. But um, anyway, they go sit down. And of course, we know what she's going to bring up. And that is Sandoval's dark thoughts. And at first, you know, I think the girls are going to like push back, you know, because Sheena's basically saying, you know, he needs to humble himself, have humility, you know, take accountability. They had that conversation last week at Sir, and he did none of that, basically. And you know how he's doubling down about Lala. So I really thought that Sheena and Lala were going to be like, Lisa, look. He may be saying these things, but this is actually how he's acting. So I'm not really sure he deserves this. But it kind of went the other way. And I was really, really surprised to see them like turn that quickly. Yeah. I mean, so Lisa brought up that the way Tom is speaking reminds her of the way her brother was speaking before he committed suicide. And so I think that really, you know, kind of stopped the girls in their tracks and made them look at it a different way. I mean, Lala said in her confessional, she never even considered Tom's mental health during this whole um, scandal, which I thought was pretty wild because you're coming at someone so hard. You are seeing all the hate they're getting from basically everyone in the world. And you don't think that's going to have a toll on their mental health? I think in her mind, he's such a narcissist that... He doesn't have those feelings, but at the end of the day, he is still a human being. Narcissist or not, like he's still a human and he's going to feel, you know, feel things. So I think that really kind of made them take a step back and realize, okay, look, maybe we're taking it too far and maybe we don't have to be friends with this man, but maybe we don't have to attack him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there is a flip side to this that I can't help but wonder because Tom, let's be real, he's not a good person. He does not say good things. He does not do good. His actions nor his words prove him to be a good person. And I can't help but think that he is kind of weaponizing this and, you know, telling Lisa these things because he knows that it hits close to home for her. And that she's going to continue to rally behind him because of it. I I, I don't know. I'm not saying that maybe he didn't have these thoughts. 
But I think that he's being strategic in telling Lisa because he knows that Lisa is going to feel differently about these. And, you know, it's really going to affect how she feels. And therefore, she's going to try to get everybody in the group to rally around him. So I don't know. I think there's some strategy here on yeah. Sandoval's part. I, I, I don't disagree. Um, I think that he probably realized that and, you know, did kind of play that that card I guess you could call it and you're right about him being not a great person like we saw from you know his interview with the New York Times this week he had some very disgusting things to say you know comparing himself to not comparing himself but comparing the scandal situation to other you know moments that kind of blew up in the news and the ones he mentioned were oj and george floyd and it's just like sir do not like do not compare what you're going through to the murder of george floyd like i'm sorry you just cannot do that it is completely unacceptable and you know he just makes it really hard for you to root for him like I'm watching this and I want to believe that he, you know, does feel sorry that he was having these dark thoughts. I want to like believe him, but then he goes and opens his mouth and says something stupid like that. And it's just, it makes it really hard. I know. And I think that the timing was so convenient that, you know, he's trying to have this redemption arc on Vanderpump Rules and then the New York Times drops this article yesterday it said that the interview happened like late last year so they've been kind of sitting on this for a little while and has have decided to drop it very conveniently in the middle of his so-called redemption arc where we're all starting to you know feel bad for him or supposed to you know get back on his side but yeah i don't know that was crazy and he suddenly thinks that oh a cold plunge is the solution to all of this so, of course, he goes to the spa with Billy Lee, um, his only confidant. I, I I don't need Billy Lee on my screen. We left her back in season seven. I, I wish that would have stayed that way. Um, but he has nobody to film with. So we're stuck with him and Billy Lee. And, you know, he starts talking about Raquel. And Raquel has basically completely ghosted him. And honestly, mm -hmm. good for her. Good for her. Yeah, good on her. She took what she's learning in the mental health facility and ran with it and has basically shut him out of her life. And meanwhile, he's like, oh, I'm still in love with her. You know, I'm saving myself for her. Like, Sandoval, all I got to say is karma is a bitch because you thought that you had this woman wrapped around your little finger, but shit hit the fan and she bolted as she should have. And I'm glad that she did. Yeah, I mean... I think she's definitely better off for having cut ties with him. It's just so eerie because so much of the season is still about Rachel, but she doesn't appear on our screens. You don't even hear her speaking back when we see Tom making that phone call. I can't tell if he was leaving a message or if he was actually talking to her, but you know, she didn't agree to film. So they can't even play what she said back if he was speaking to her on the phone. But it's just... I I think that she made the right decision as hard as it probably was, and she's prioritizing herself. I think with Billy, you know, Tom's lucky to have to have her there because yeah, he doesn't really have anyone to film with. He doesn't really have 
that many close friends who aren't, you know, part of his band that he's paying. And I think she seems to be a good friend to him. I hope that he's as good a friend to her as, you know, she is to him because we've seen that he tends to kind of take advantage of, you know, he takes what he wants and then doesn't really care about when the tables are turned. But, you know, Billy addresses him feeling low and she says, you deserve to feel good. You deserve to feel happy. You know, this is going to get better. Tom said sometimes he feels like he doesn't, like he shouldn't be allowed to be happy because of what he did. And, you know, this whole episode was really like conflicting for me because I see him saying stuff like that and I automatically feel bad. Like, I don't want any person to feel like they shouldn't have the right to be happy. But then on the other hand, I keep thinking like of the stuff that he's done, the stuff that he's said, and the stuff he's still saying. And I just have a really hard time reconciling it. Yeah. I mean, he, I said this before, I feel like I'm going to say this every single recap. He's not doing himself any favors. And like, nothing he does really comes off as authentic. Like, he's lied so much. He said so much, so many stupid things. Like, at some point, you just start to like not believe any of it. I think Ariana has seen that all along. But yeah, it was, it was kind of funny to get this like, so they're in this like cold, dark place, you know, like, Sandoval does this cold plunge and it's all like dark and dreary. And then they cut to James's James and Allie's pool party and it's like sun and fun and, you know, <laughs> vibrant colors and stuff like that. And it's like on like literally night and day. Um, well, this is an Emmy nominated show, Kim. Don't let's let us not forget, you know, they've got to bring they've got to bring the cinema. This is cinema um, at its very, very best. And I want to talk about Schwartz because he shows up to the pool party um, and, you know, they're really, really trying to integrate Schwartz with this other group and like, you know, push him away from Sandoval, even though he's still like Sandoval's confidant and stuff. They've like barely filmed together, you know, like they're definitely putting Schwartz in this like middleman position. And so he's showing up to the pool party and he's like, you know, I'm not just an accessory to the affair. Like, I'm so much more than that. And it's like, Schwartz, I am so sick of him just being this, oh, I'm such an innocent little baby. You know, like, people just need to, like, you know, forgive me and stuff. Like, Schwartz, be real. Like, you were complicit through the entire affair. These people have every right to be pissed off at you. And to be honest, he's not really taking accountability, just like Sandoval's not taking accountability. You know, he hasn't really, you know, said, I'm sorry, straight up to Ariana. Instead, he said she has an ego and saying that she's acting, you know, these diva type of ways when I don't know. I don't think that's the right way to go about this, Schwartz. I don't think that he thinks he did anything wrong. I truly don't. I think in his mind, he was helping a friend. You know, his friend got himself into a bad position started having an affair and Schwartz kind of got caught up in the middle of it. But in his mind, he didn't have an affair. You know, he's not the one that betrayed his friend. He doesn't see his actions as like exactly what he said. He doesn't see himself as an accessory to the affair. And so in his mind, it's not warranted what, you know, what Ariana is saying to him. So until he comes to that realization that 
he did contribute to it and that he did lie to her face when, you know, asking about Raquel dating and stuff and like, oh, watch your watch your men around Raquel and everything, making those jokes. Like that was gross. He knew that they were hooking up at that point. He was saying that in front of Ariana back at the campsite for Raquel's birthday. And he just needs to realize like, dude, you did do some fucked up shit and you need to take accountability for it. You need to apologize. And maybe then, you know, they'll forgive you. Because what he did, I don't think is unforgivable. I think it's just, he's not, he's refusing to sort of see see it that way. Totally. I totally agree. I mean, he will never have a backbone. Like, I don't know. Tom Schwartz is definitely better than Tom Sandoval. But they both have a lot of negative aspects about them. I mean, like, Sandoval's a narcissist and... I'm sorry, but Schwartz is like a complete pussy. He just like has no backbone, will not stand for anything. It's like when you stand for everything, you stand for nothing. And he's just like, oh, like I'm, you know, Sandoval's fine. And I want to be friends with these people. And you're this and you're that. And he's like, it's like just he needs to at least be honest and stand up for something rather than just having no backbone and trying to be this like innocent bystander. Totally. So should we, do you want to get into the James sobriety conversation? Yes, let's. Okay, so we hear that James has been sober for a couple of months now. You know, it, later we kind of find out that him and Allie were fighting a lot. And um, that was kind of what led to his decision to be sober. But it's so funny because then he says, well, it wasn't like last time where it was an ultimatum with my relationship. And they flash back to him and Raquel, you know, her saying, if you don't stop drinking, we will break up. And that was when he got sober the first time. Now he's saying, this is totally different. This is, I'm getting sober because I want to be sober, not not because Allie wants me to. I don't really see the difference between the two situations. But either way, I think James is a much better person when he is not drinking and so I hope that he continues on this path. It is funny to me how he is not drinking, yet he is like shotgunning these CBD, THC, you know, drinks. So he's not completely sober. You know, he's California sober. But I just hope that he doesn't take that too far. That's my that's my worry. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he's like, oh, I didn't get an ultimatum, yet he shares that Allie had to leave their apartment and stay with a friend for a few days because of their fight. Um, I think that's pretty much an ultimatum, even if she didn't say it word for word. Exactly. Uh, So I don't know, but I can't help but think, I, I don't know if you guys have heard these rumors about James allegedly being abusive in relationships. You know, Kristen Doty is coming out saying that he was there are rumors that Raquel is hinting that, you know, the whole, oh, I bumped my nose was actually not a, a bump, but a, mm-hmm. you know, something that James caused. And then he shares that he fought with Ali. I almost thought that he was going to come out and say something physical happened, but he didn't. But I can't help but think that maybe these things are related. I mean, it's, you know, obviously he has an issue with drinking. He gets violent. He gets angry. And mm-hmm. potentially, you know, these could be connected what do you think um i would not be surprised at all i think that he we've seen him have a massive temper we've seen him go from zero to a hundred you know with the snap of a finger and i 
believe Kristen when she says that there were instances where he got physical. I think that in this case with Allie and Tamara and Teddy Bellencamp, you know, riding in the car and Tamara and Teddy saying that something went down, you know, I don't think he like punched her in the face or anything, but he probably grabbed her or like, you know, shook her or something, something where it made Teddy and Tamara feel a certain way. And I, I just, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, I think he has that really fiery personality and I just want, you know, I hope Allie is not putting up with shit that she shouldn't be putting up with. Yeah, I have a feeling that more will unfold about this story, but we got a few more moments at the pool party, one of which was Lala and Schwartz sitting down, which I thought was super random. Like, I know she came after him last week at Sir, but like those two have really like never been close. They've really never been friends. But I also feel like the cast is so small at this point that you kind of have to intermingle these people who haven't really like had relationships before. But basically, she like apologizes for coming after Schwartz defending Ariana. And she's like open to finding a middle ground with them. Um, You know, she shares that she has to like practice forgiveness. She mentions that she doesn't want to wear her trauma as a badge of honor. And obviously, she's talking about Randall. I think that Randall like really fucked her up. I think she has a lot of, you know, PTSD from that relationship and the way he treated her. But I don't know. I I also think that maybe she's using that as an excuse to come around to Sandoval. I'm not sure the two are actually related because I don't think she will ever forgive Randall. Randall is a complete narcissist. She compared Sandoval to Randall at the reunion last year. So I don't know. I'm not sure it's, it's quite adding up for me, but we'll see where she takes it. Yeah, I think she... I feel like the conversation with her and Schwartz would have gone very differently had they not just come from Lisa's house. And quite frankly, there probably wouldn't have been a conversation with Lala and Schwartz had they not just come from Villa Rosa. They, I think what Lisa said really did kind of strike a chord with her and make her realize like, okay, this is still a human being. As gross and vile as he can be, he's still a human being. And she doesn't want to play a part of making him feel like he should, you know, not be living anymore. So I I, lo- I liked this moment with with Schwartzy and Lala. Uh, I loved her look. I just have to say, I thought she was just killing it. Those sunglasses, the suit, like everything. She looked so good. But, you know, I also think that what she shared about her dad was really insightful. She said that her dad was basically a pushover. She just wants Schwartz to stand up for himself. Um And her dad was walked all over and she thinks that's kind of what led to his death ultimately. And that made a lot of sense to me because I feel like that's why she probably is so quick to, you know, defend herself and defend anyone and like come for you because she saw her father get walked all over and she's like, I'm not going to be like that. I'm not going to take anyone's shit. And she kind of went, swung the pendulum too far the other direction. Totally, totally. Um, We also have Sheena confronting Ariana and Katie, which was probably one of the best moments of the episode, in my opinion, honestly, because so Sheena, you know, of course, she's got to tell Ariana and Katie about Sandoval's dark thoughts. And immediately, I feel like Ariana's like antennas go up and she's like, nope, I'm not believing this. I don't believe it for a second. He's manipulating everybody. 
Um, I will not ease up. He needs to take responsibility for everything. And honestly, I am Ariana in this moment because I think that Ariana knows Sandoval way better than any of these people, especially Lisa Vanderpump. I mean, how well does Lisa really even know Sandoval? So if Ariana's, you know, antennas go up and she she detects lies, she detects manipulation, I'm going to have to sway towards Ariana's side because I I think it's true. I think that he might be using this as a manipulation tactic to get people to feel sorry for him and ease up on him. And I just think she hit it spot on. So I want to go back to one of the tweets that we read at the top of the episode where it said LVP holds the girls in the group to a different standard than she does the guys. Now, do you think that that's true? Have you heard this? I I just want to get your thoughts on this. So it's funny that this is coming around again, because I feel like this is something that Stassi actually said a while ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I don't remember the exact context that she brought it up, but I think that she brought it up. I think Rachel is currently talking about this as well, saying that nobody was really, you know, worried about me or checking in on me during this situation. Like Lisa wasn't reaching out to me about, you know, my mental health. And we all know that Ariana has had mental health issues, um, especially when she she basically says if Tom broke up with me, you know, I might kill myself. And like everybody kind of like brushed that under the rug. So I definitely think there's some truth to this. But why do you think that that is? I don't know if it's because she has business ties with Tom, like even though it's small, you know, we all know Tom Tom is 99% Lisa's, but she kind of has a history of forgiving the guys in this group, like Jackson Tom, more so than the women like Kristen and um, Rachel. Like, I do think it's problematic that she hadn't reached out to Rachel. And I feel like she, I remember she even said, something in the press like oh we're not going to miss her or something like when they asked if she was going to come back um or what her thoughts were on rachel not coming back so i i kind of agree with it as much as i love lisa i do think that she has a tendency to favor the men in this group and i think that's kind of problematic you know everyone's mental health deserves the same amount of attention and consideration And yeah, obviously Ariana was going through it too. And just because she didn't share directly with Lisa, like how she was feeling, you know, I'm hoping that Lisa was checking in on her. Yeah. And I mean, if this week has taught us anything, like, I don't think that the Toms are the hill to die on, Lisa. I think you're backing up the wrong people. I think you need to switch your perspective and more be like rising up the girls. You know, why isn't she, you know, you know, backing up Ariana and supporting Ariana and like doing all these things. She has even like filmed with Ariana this season, like only Tom. She needs to maybe rethink some things. But yeah, I think this is going to be kind of like a major theme throughout the season. So we'll see more. I mean, is Lisa the real villain of the show? Like, can we go there? I just, it literally just dawned on me because she is kind of the puppet master behind all of this, right? She's an executive producer on the show. She's the matriarch. She's the one who owns these restaurants where they all met, where this all started. Like, is she kind of perpetuating this narrative and kind of pitting 
Ariana and Tom against each other more by kind of taking Tom's side? Like, I don't know, but it, it's an interesting thought. It is an interesting thought. I think that that might have some legs, actually. Um, but I don't know. This this episode was kind of a whirlwind, but we ended on such a cute note. And that is with Graham at Vanderpump Dogs. I mean, could you get a more emotional moment? I don't know about you, but I was crying. Like, I at first I was like, oh, this is all a setup. Oh, you know, James definitely knew like that that this was happening. But he seemed genuinely emotional to see Graham. He's like, is that Graham? And then he like starts crying. I mean, this reunion was exactly what we needed in this moment. It was such a dark episode, but this was such a light at the end of the tunnel. And even though LVP probably orchestrated all of this for the show, she she knew exactly what she was doing. I still loved it so much. Oh my God, I loved it. And I, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he knew because he, those tears seemed genuine. And like, I don't think he's that good of an actor. He also said on the after show, like you said, I was not aware going there that I was going to see Graham, um, aka Hippie. Sorry, I like the name Graham better. Um, and seeing him sort of, you know, walk off into the sunset with Graham on the leash, just come on, buddy, I thought was so adorable. I love that the dog is doing better. You know, they've gotten him some training. He has a stable um, routine and he is just seems to be doing really well with James and Allie. And I'm just so happy that it, it kind of had a happy ending for that. Me too. Um, there was a lot going on in this episode. So make sure you guys leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let us know your hot takes. Next week, we are headed to Tahoe and a lot is going to go down in Lake Tahoe. So we'll be here to cover it all. Make sure you guys subscribe so you don't miss any more Bravo breaking news. Bye, everyone.